take the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system. Because a lot of times, by the time you go to court, it takes so long to go to court to get the due process procedures. Uh, I like taking the guns early. Take the guns first, go through due process second. How dare you! You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Until you do it, I'm the boss. And Epstein didn't kill himself. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. It's the economy, stupid. And high cheekbones, like all of the Indians do. These cuts are blood money. People will die. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Please clap. Welcome to another episode of Tread on Me. How are is everybody doing this week? <laughs> I'm all right, Sam. It's been it's been kind of a weird technical issue day today, hasn't it? Yeah, but we're up and running. My Skype just says I'm starting recording, so I'm going to trust that's recording on your end, and we have Audacity as a backup, so <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to listen to this before we die. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe like... <laughs> Probably just our mothers. The, the, the aliens, <laughs> when they sift through all the debris and you know the archaeological evidence. Yeah, they'll find plastic and tread on me, boys. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good. I, I'm okay all with right, that. Well, yeah, I would be too. If we survive as long as plastic, that's pretty much all I can ask for in life. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we're going to continue with our book review. As you all know, we're slowly changing up our main show. So we're just going to provide some material by going through this uh, book we're reading, The Cure That Works, while we fix that up and we're getting closer and closer. Um, but yeah, so chapter three this week, Jake, what'd you think of it? Uh, it was better than the previous two chapters um, <laughs> because it kind of actually finally got into the meat of this man's argument or the economist's argument. And he was pointing out uh, the efficiencies of the healthcare system in the Philippines, right? Um, I think this is the right chapter, under chapter three, I believe. And um, yes. yeah, so, and, you know, he threw a lot of statistics your way. So, if any of our listeners are following along to this book, um, be prepared for a lot of statistics and to read, you know, just information and to be kind of overloaded with that. Um, but that I did find interesting about how the Philip, not the Philippines, I'm sorry, the Singapore, how they're able to have less beds per 1,000 people, which means that when there's less beds for 1,000 people, the hospitals are smaller, driving down costs altogether, you know, uh, because a hospital bed, obviously, is not just a bed. It's got all kinds of um, gizmos and gadgets like heart monitors and blood pressure monitors and all these kinds of electronics, which cost a lot of money. And then on top of that, you got to have space in that room to be able to put that bed. And then you have to have staff to be able to, you know, clean that room and do all kinds of things. So it drives down costs when you're able to have less of that. So I did find that interesting in this chapter. Yeah, and they seem to have that across the board. Like almost at every metric, they were in the top five or the top three and just providing better better quality service. I think what, it's five more years on average they live than Americans. Yep. If I remember correctly. Yep. 
And and for what was it? One third or one fourth the price or something like yeah, that? Yeah, a quarter of the price. It was crazy. I mean, just what they can do. Um, and I thought the whole chapter was kind of just. It didn't really get to the meats and bones of the issue yet. I know you're excited about the stats and everything, but I felt like he's still flirting with us. I think he could have tied chapters one through three together and said, here's the outline of my argument, and uh, we'll get into it later. But he did give me a little bit of an economy boner when he had the last two pages. He's like, they do it by putting proper incentives. I was like, oh, finally, you're, you're speaking something that makes sense. You're not just like praising the government, saying the three government regulations from chapter two or three government goals. I made this all work. You're finally starting to get into actually what's going to make it work. It's that there are certain incentives, whether market-made or government-made, that are driving people to uh, to these better results for less cost. So, unfortunately, he didn't get into the actual incentives yet in this chapter. So, it's just like a giant flirtation for me. I'm very excited to keep reading. But I found the charts very interesting because they just kind of blow America out of the water. They make America look stupid. Like with just <laughs> how efficient their healthcare is, and how their how their positive results from infant mortality to HIV to AIDS to smoking to to mothers, you know, surviving labor. I mean, um, late childbirth and labor. Just it's crazy how little they spend and how much more positive it is. It makes you wonder why would we ever want to spend more? Like why do we even buy into these politicians saying we need to raise the cost of, of taxes and? Um, raise more revenue and just to provide more health care and more money we need to do all this to get more money why would you ever do that when you can clearly look across the ocean and say hey here's singapore doing it for way less money better results well that i couldn't tell well you. i think i might have a bit of a a little bit of a opinion to maybe why that is and i think it's because did you ever before you ever picked this book up did you ever would have ever thought that the little tiny island nation of singapore has such great health care and they're so efficient at it and for a fraction of the price because they nobody reports this in the media nobody talks about this in the media and i i like this chapter and i think i have i'm a little looking forward to this reading the rest of this book after reading this chapter because he had actually it seemed like he kind of flirted with the idea of answering some of my questions if not outright answering them because i think in our previous podcasts with the um other chapters i was kind of hammering that this little teeny island nation isn't a good comparison to um, a country that is as um, widely diverse as the United States because that's just really not fair we have totally different um, demographics and you know socioeconomic classes and things like that but he throws it in your face that Singapore when, when he throws it in your in your face when it comes to the nations and what matters with their health care and why more nation why but some nations are better at doing it for example a little tiny uh nation uh, uh, nation um sweden they actually pay almost as much as we do in health care um i think is what the metric was and if i'm wrong i will correct myself but um um, I think it was Sweden that he was specifically talking about. And they're a tiny country, but they pay as almost as much as we do, and they don't live much longer than we do. So it, the answer really isn't, you know, populations or demographics. It's obviously these policies that are working, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, it could be the pol- – I'm, I'm hesitant to give – three government policies we outlaid in chapter two the credit for this 
I think how I talked about the end of chapter two, um, chapter three, the incentives, I think that's going to be much more interesting because, you know, um, people tend to follow incentives, it's kind of basic market and economic law, you know, the best incentives people will follow. It is possible their government has outlaid programs and created policies that just provide better incentives for these people to do it. And we should give the government some credit. I'm going to be hesitant to see that until I see the actual him like list out the actual incentives and why people respond to these incentives this way and how people don't work around the incentives. Or there's not better options for it because that, that that's going to be very telling to me exactly yeah, who's in control of it, whether it's the government or the or the market. Yeah, because he just he continues to just flirt with the idea of like, well, stay tuned for next week, and I'm going to explain why and how they're so efficient. He didn't really explain how singapore is able to be, be so efficient he just gave you the data to prove that they are very efficient when it comes to their health care so i mean i guess that's probably a good thing to kind of show you hey this is how they're this is this is proof that they are efficient and i'm hoping that he explains why or what his argument for why they are efficient. i'm s- I'm hoping so, too, because he's almost, like, too exciting for an economist, you know? He spent, like, the first three chapters, like, almost telling a good story, so it's very entertaining to read. But after, like, working halfway through Man, Economy, and State by Rothbard, I'm used to, like, an economist saying, and their diet is better because they're from this country, and let me explain the diversity issues for their diet, and we'll break it down in the next three chapters to get all the arguments and counter-arguments out of the way so you understand why I'm well, explaining this is true. He, and he and he just he's just saying, like, it's a diverse country, and and he doesn't really dive well, into these words or definitions. He doesn't, like, really flesh out what he's saying, so at, at least now. Yeah, I, okay, I, I think I'll take that for now because we still are only on Chapter 3. So, but I will say that my point is that I'm more excited and I might be, you know, I might be biting the bait a little bit too much. So that's why you're here to keep me grounded. Well, it's juicy bait. I mean, he's a good writer. Yeah, that's, that's (laughs) one thing too. This, this book is not a snore to read. It is not like, like a chore at all. Um, he, he gets right to the point. He's kind of seems like he's personable with his writing style. So that is a, it's a very, it cuts like butter when you read it. It doesn't take any Mm. time at all. I mean, other than that, I didn't have a lot in chapter three for like, I mean, this might be a short review because he didn't add a bunch of new information besides just listing tables, charts, and figures and saying, wait till next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's, that's, I don't really have anything else on there. It's just, he gave out and laid out why they're efficient and that's about it. And hopefully in the next chapter or after that he explains how they are or why yeah, then me and jake can argue whether it's jake's mini status policies or my anarchy free <laughs> market ones that are winning <laughs> well, well i guess we'll have to find out stay tuned folks all right well thanks for listening to this book review um we're gonna keep doing like an after uh after episode talk so we'll record that and upload that separately but definitely follow us on facebook on try to me podcast or emails at try to me podcast at gmail.com or if you actually use a minds account which almost no one does go there <laughs> it's been nice talking to you guys have a good day have a good week